We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find our podcast literally anywhere you download podcasts at any app, any website, whatever. You can also find us on bluewirepods.com. We're also on Twitter. If you haven't checked us out on Twitter yet, at the underscore uncontested. We typically tweet some uh, some pretty good stuff. Uh, this is Jacob. Today I am joined uh, just by one other guy, and that would be Taylor. Shout out France, am I right? Hey, the, the French. <laughs> they lost World War II. But damn it, they did not lose that FIBA game. <laughs> Isn't that oh, crazy? Oh, God, I just yeah. realized, yeah, America yeah. lost on 9-11. God, way to go, Team USA. <laughs> Went down the whole damn country. Yeah, it, uh, they're rough. Uh, I'm, rough. Never, I'm not, not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> so, Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing good, you know. I'm just patiently awaiting for media day and for Hey, some, I tweeted some... out this morning, four weeks from today – yeah. We will be talking about the Thunder's first preseason game because it's four weeks from last night. That's exciting. I, I say that uh, currently on Wednesday night. That's so extremely exciting. It four weeks from Tuesday is the first preseason game, which I believe is up in your neck of the woods. Yeah, up in T-Town. Up in T-Town um, which at, mean, uh, at the BOK, BOK Center, yep. right? Correct. And uh, I believe two weeks from now, it would probably be around the, the ballpark area for St. Presti to give his 
his uh, season preview press conference. And then um, shortly after that, a couple days after that, will probably be the uh, Thunder intro uh, media day, essentially. And, yep. then, and then camp will start shortly after. Camp. That's exciting. Yep. So it is, uh, it is sneaking up on us rather quickly. Uh, I'm sure that the team is already in town and already like meeting up and yep. meetings are happening and, and uh, voluntary practices and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, well, okay, so it's on the way. That, we are less than one calendar month away from real from basketball, seeing, yeah. seeing guys in Thunder jerseys, a lot of guys that we never thought we'd see in Thunder jerseys wearing Thunder jerseys on a basketball court with a basketball playing the game. So uh, this isn't on our, our outline, but it still being the dog days of summer in terms of NBA offseason, I thought I'd bring this up. Uh, one thing I found interesting, I was reading today, the Thunder put out like, you know, basically summer updates for each player. And today was uh, Abdul Nader. And uh, within that... that um, Was it like a preview, video or an article? or it, it was an article. I think Gallo's okay. doing them all. Nick Gallo. And he, okay. mentioned, um, he mentioned that the team had gotten together for a little mini camp. So you know how like Russell Westbrook always got uh, got the team together in, in LA, and they always did their their little mini camps, you know, off season uh, there before the season starts. I guess this year they did it in OKC, and the team. Oh. However, I don't know how many people were able to get together. Obviously, particularly with FIBA, but um, apparently, I guess some players got together and and yeah, got a got a little run and kind of got to play with each other for a little bit. So that's kind of cool. Nice, nice is. So I haven't paid any attention to FIBA at all. Germany's not in it anymore, right? Schroeder's done. They're not, but Schroeder had a very solid showing overall. Um, I, yeah, I and then I know Italy like got bounced. Italy got yeah. bounced by Serbia, right? Correct. And I Gallo didn't do a whole lot, but I mean, still looks like you can shoot the piss out of the ball. To quote yep. our beloved ex Thunder player Russell Westbrook. Hey, speaking of Russell Westbrook, um, you watched Jimmy Fallon last night with Russ on it. Uh, any any interesting takeaways as far as uh, Thunder fans would be concerned? Honestly, not really. Um, and I, I kind of expected that. I even tweeted that out from our account and stuff, you know, just as a forewarning. You could, but with it being New York Fashion Week, I figured they kind of would focus on, like, Honor the Gift, his clothing brand, and things of that nature. Um, basically, the only thing was at the very beginning. And uh, he, he introduced Russ as the starting point guard for the Houston Rockets, and both myself and Russell Westbrook almost vomited uh, simultaneously. <laughs> However, <laughs> Russ sat down and stuff, and, and Jimmy was like, you know, man, there's been a lot that's happened this summer. And Russ just started cracking up, and he was like, yeah, there's been a lot that's happened. And he said, to be honest with you, Jimmy, uh, you know, something I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but he goes, you know, it still feels weird hearing you say what you introduced me as. Like, that's the first time I really have heard it. Um, he said, and he's kind of continued and basically he said, you know, but I'm a, a, I know I'm a super excited for this next chapter. Uh, but with that being said, something along the lines of being extremely thankful, um, for everyone in Oklahoma city, uh, thus far in his career, something along that, uh, those lines. So it, it was very short and sweet. He, he acknowledged OKC while being professional and acknowledging being excited for this next chapter of his career. And then they started talking about Russell Westbrook, if he had a beard like James Harden, <laughs> and honor the gift. And uh, he talked about his 2K rating, just some funny stuff like that, you know, being on Jimmy Fallon. Uh-huh. So it was it was gotcha. pretty tame, pretty low-key, but it was certainly worth watching And uh, if you love Russ like, like we do. so. Well, so that's funny because you said that Russ was very like professional and nice and, and had nothing but glowing things to say about Oklahoma City, uh, which translates us uh, transitions us to our first topic here that, that we want to touch on, um, which is the exact freaking opposite of what Kevin Durant <laughs> said in a recent Wall Street Journal article. Um, so, Taylor, why don't you just uh, start us off um, 
what what is up with this Wall Street Journal article? What did KD say? And let's talk about it a little bit. That was a phenomenal transition, by the way. Wait, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Cut we, the uh, check. Yeah, that's right. We need to frame this somehow. Print out. Bang, bang. Print it. <laughs> um, so essentially, Kevin Durant came out with this uh, Wall Street Journal article, and to be uh, there was quite a few quotables, uh, quite a few that I outlined here that I wanted to talk about today. And the thing is, and I think it was probably uh, Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor on the mismatch, the Ringer NBA show. Chris Vernon brought up a really good point, saying that. You know his agent, uh, Rich Kleiman. Is that correct? Is, did I get his yeah. last name correct? Yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know it's been so long, and I just kind of forgot. But uh, <laughs> um, Chris Vernon brought up a good point that Rich had probably gone in and like uh, redacted a lot of the stuff, a lot of the quotes that KD probably gave them, which makes it even more interesting. However, um, he, he came up with quite a few quotables, and one of them concerned OKC. And we're going to start off with that one here because it gives us a little bit of off-season talk to talk about while we wait for the regular season to start up. He says, quote-unquote, I'll never be attached to that city because of that, Durant says. I eventually wanted to come back to that city and be part of that community and organization, but I don't trust nobody there. That shit must have been fake, what they was, what they was doing. The organization, the GM, I ain't talked to none of those people, even had a nice exchange with those people since I left. And then it went into details about the um, vandalism of his his for rent sign or for sale sign in front of his house, um, and obviously the the idiot who posted on on Twitter or social media um, after Katie left uh, of shooting up his jersey, which I 100% agree that's over the line. However, obviously those are two things that they pointed out. Uh, obviously, it was a very interesting quote. Made its rounds on social media. And uh, to put that into context, I feel like last night when I was going through my, my timeline on Twitter, uh, I was about four hours behind kind of thing. I was starting to catch up after work in the gym. And it was like every other tweet was either Thunder fans complaining about Kevin Durant and then Antonio Brown. <laughs> Thunder fans yeah. complaining about <laughs> Kevin Durant and Antonio Brown. So anyways, uh, Jacob, do you have any thoughts on that, on that quote, particularly about Man, OKC? I like – drafted a tweet like five different times i did the same thing and deleted, deleted it, it like yep. five different times it's it's just so stupid like it is very clear to me that he is still very insecure he is still searching for happiness um you know he's said a bunch of stuff about like oh if i were a thunder fan uh, i would have treated me the same way and i would have done the cupcake thing and it, i thought it would have been worse and blah 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 and then now he's coming out and saying like Oh, that's the worst thing in the world, and I was gonna come back, but not anymore. But it just it just reeks of like somebody who is insecure and unhappy and just like struggling to like find himself. Yes. And okay. Perfect. Part transition. of me, part of me feels bad, but part of me is like, dude, you can't like make your own bed. Like, if you make your own bed, you have to lay in it for whatever that saying is. Right. right? Well, like you, you can't, you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You, you can't act like a dick and then be upset. Um, when people treat you like a dick, you know? So they even acknowledge this in the article. Uh, the quote here says, this is the one thing that doesn't change about Durant. He still tries earnestly, honestly to correct the record, give real answers, put the truth out there. He doesn't measure his words. Doesn't care if he says it, says it wrong or contradicts himself. Case in point, he's spoken forgivingly about OKC in the past, but he's not feeling that right now, as in right now when they were doing the article, and he's not the least bit concerned if the paradox throws you off. So there you go. He uh, That sounds he like someone who doesn't know what they want, and they told, like whenever I bet the people that interviewed him at the Wall Street Journal said, 
hey, you're saying this, but like you're on the record from like a year ago saying like completely opposite stuff. And it sounds like he was just like, I don't give a fuck. Instead of being like, yeah, it's a cop out. It's a exactly. Oh, well, I just do what I want when I want. And that's just the kind of person I am instead of like having any nuance to it, you know, like it just it's that that is a, a, a cop out is what it is. Absolutely. So you mentioned the insecurity. Uh, another quote, and I won't read the full thing because I don't want to just bog this whole entire podcast down with quotes, but it's relevant. Quote, unquote, he checks his direct messages twice daily, and though they number in the hundreds, he methodically works his way through. Dot, dot, dot. You know, that's continued. But talk about insecurity, right? Constant. I mean, as soon as this article dropped, he was on Twitter replying to people, uh, defend, trying to defend himself or defend – it's just – this is a He's- man – in, in search for happiness he thought he's he so would get wrapped up in like public perception exactly. and he's so wrapped like to me what this is is he left oklahoma city because rings right right like Correct. he left oklahoma city because he felt like i have to get a ring to be validated and then that and then whenever happy. he left the public perception of him changed and he wasn't the darling anymore he wasn't ready uh, for and that. he got yeah and he got his ring and it didn't fulfill him and He's he's been seeking that fulfillment ever since, and regardless of what he's doing, he's not finding it. And so he he wants that that public acceptance, and you know his whole thing like oh I wanted to come back, but now I'm not going to. That just reeks of bullshit as well. But it also like honestly wouldn't be like too awful like confusing to understand. Whenever he was here. He had what he wanted, but he felt like he had to get the ring, right? And he did whatever right. he had to to do it. So it's kind of like he sold a bit of himself to get that, and then he's now realizing um, that transaction wasn't worth it. Another phenomenal transition there, Jacob, because uh, another point I have here is his quotes he made about Steve Kerr and the uh, Golden State Warrior offense, or sorry, at the uh, Golden State Warrior situation. Uh, he mentions, you know, I came in there wanting to be a part of a group, wanting to be part of the family. And I definitely felt accepted, but I'll never be one of those guys. And he mentions uh, Steph uh, and and Clay and Draymond getting drafted, Andre winning Finals MVP before he got there. Obviously, Draymond drafted there, um, and he goes. The rest of the guys kind of rehabilitated their careers there. So me, shit, how are you going to rehabilitate me? What are you going to teach me? How can you alter anything in my basketball life? I got an MVP already. I got scoring titles. Like this dude is just. He thought he was going to find what he was looking for in Golden State, and he didn't. Now he's in Brooklyn, uh, where he has changed his number. Changed his number, which is super interesting. You know, at 35, actually had a lot of meaning. It was something that us Thunder fans really appreciated and and thought was really cool because it it, it was a number that – was it his coach who passed away? Yeah, Um, I think it was like a little league or like a junior high coach or something like that. His AAU coaches and uh, had a lot of symbolism for him, and he has changed his number now to seven. And we had no idea why. It just was like Kevin Durant's going to sign with the Brooklyn Nets, and he's going to wear number seven. And everybody was like, whoa, he's wore 35 from the beginning of his career. Well, apparently, according to this article, he chose number seven for the Nets because it represents completion in the Bible. God rested on the seventh day after creating heaven and earth. Okay, so, that's some corny shit, man. Yes. like, Are you serious? So he That almost is, seems like I, an inferiority complex of like I'm borderline God, trying Jesus. to compare yourself to Christ, which is right. hilarious. Right. Exactly. And it's also, so are you saying this is the end of your career here? You know, like it, he, 
he's such a ta- such a talent. I mean, he offensive offensively, he may be more talented than LeBron James when it comes to scoring. Um, oh, I, I think you could argue that for sure. Right, right, and I mean, he's an incredible talent, and I I hope he comes back for the for the state of basketball, for the the well being of the game of basketball. I hope he comes back as close to 100% as possible, and we get to see prime Kevin Durant because he was playing some of the best basketball of his career before he went down injured this past season. Um, with that being said, it sounds like he may end up retiring early because the, the game of basketball, the NBA, is not giving him everything he hoped for, everything he wanted, which I guess is being the golden boy of the NBA, being the LeBron James. Yeah. But then you have to wonder, like, basketball has been his life for right. almost his entire life. So whenever he quits – basketball whenever he retires from the nba what comes after that for him like i don't know if he ever got his degree from texas um i don't know like i, I don't think know he if did he took... go back but still okay I mean, it... but like like what what is he going to get after that that that's going to fulfill him he seems like he's constantly going to be searching and so i know we're kind of like crapping on him right now but you in a feel way bad for him i i, I feel you for do. him right yeah i feel for him because like not to get like too deep in the weeds here, but as, as somebody, as, as a, a, a man who has struggled with feelings of like inferiority and right. what is my purpose in life and where do I fit in and who am I um, and, and those, those issues. I think all of us go through that. Yeah, like. Point, through transitions in life, right? Like from, to, to feel like you, you have something and it never fulfills you and like you're never going to get that like that can be a source of like legitimate, like clinical depression. It can be a source of like of anxiety. Like I, I kind of feel for the guy. Um, but I also, I'm able to look at it. Um, I was going to say I'm able to look at it objectively. I don't know if I'm able to do that, but I just, (laughs) again, I look at it and I, I can tell like what he wants is what he had and it's now gone. Right. And, and and you, you can't hit rewind on life and you can't go back. You know, I think he, if he re-signs in Oklahoma city and never wins a title, I think he feels infinitely more fulfilled and more happy than he does on September 11th, 2019. Exactly. And there's so many, so many national media, I mean, all the national media after this article came out talking about, uh, or sorry, I should say before, um, he left for, for golden state, you know, who just, he was nationally beloved by almost everybody. He was like the golden child of the NBA, much less the Thunder organization, right? And then he leaves, and it's it's he's criticized. Um, and so I think that's a really good point that you made, Jacob, because there's an- another quote, and I'm not going to read it word for word because it's long, but essentially he's kind of low-key maybe criticizing uh, Steve Kerr and the Golden State system. Um, he, he talks about, like, you know, uh, we can't totally rely or we can totally rely on our system for maybe like the first two rounds the next two rounds we're going to have to mix in individual play we have to throw teams off because they're smart in that round of playoffs so now i have to dive into my bag deep to create stuff on my own etc etc um, he wanted to go someplace where he'd be free to hone that sort of improvisational game throughout the regular season which so is what he had in oklahoma city ex- thank you <laughs> that that was the point i was going to make exactly he, literally he left had that because he didn't feel like there was a system. He didn't like the way the coaching was, was going. Uh, he felt like it was too free flow. So he goes to a system in Golden State where he feels like he can plug in, and then now he doesn't like the system. Again, it goes back to he wants what he once had, but even if he goes back to what he once had now, it's not the same. A- a- everything that he's done 
follows him, right? You can't hit rewind on life. And I feel like we're like a goddamn like psychology podcast trying to break down this dude's like (laughs) mental state, you know? It it, right. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's really sad for Kevin because, and for basketball, for the game of basketball, because you want to see this guy succeed and, and find fulfillment in his life and his basketball career and see him, you know, play until LeBron's age and beyond and, you know, and just impact the game of basketball you know, like, and I think I've seen a lot of Thunder fans tweet this out. Um, as much as I wanted to just log off and, and not make it through the rest of my timeline yesterday because it just got a little obnoxious, a little overboard. But um, there, I thought there were some good points made with people stating that, you know, we had kind of not necessarily forgiven Kevin but moved on from it. It was like, okay, yeah. Kevin, you went and did your thing. You got your rings, and now you're ready to do something on your own, and good for you. Like, Yeah, we, we, were, we, the angry, we were the angry girlfriend for a while that got dumped. Right. Um, but it feels like we, we, we've dated somebody else and we've (laughs) broken up again. And then now we're, we're on to, uh, almost like a, got to focus on me phase. Right. You know, and and that's kind of where we're on, but he still hasn't kind of right. And it's just, yeah. So, so what do you think about his original quote that I mentioned about OKC and talking about wanting to come back and be a part of the community and organization? Do you think that was a very generic quote? in terms of like I wanted to come back and, and give continue to give back to the community of OKC with my charitable giving and my foundations and things of that nature maybe someday I'd come back and be a part of the front office or an advisory kind of role and that's what he meant about coming back to the organization or was it pretty cut and dry and like yeah I kind of wanted to come back to OKC I, don't, I didn't ever and I didn't ever like in, interpret it as come back to play basketball that's kind of and, and part of way. me part of me feels like that was never the case but he wanted to say, oh, I was thinking about it, but now I'm not, you know? That's a good that, that, point. That's okay. kind of the vibe I got from it. And I could be totally wrong. I don't know. But I just kind of got the vibe of, um, you know, well, I was going to ask you to sit at our lunch table, but <laughs> now you said that, so you can't sit at my lunch table when right. they never had any intention of inviting you to the lunch table anyways. Trying to pin it on somebody else because he's that makes never going to be able to find that happiness. 100%. That, that's a great point. Yep. I see. I viewed it in a similar sense in that I don't think he was. He meant it as coming back in a basketball like uh, kind of way, but uh, maybe in terms of front office or you know, yeah, like or or just community outreach. You or, know, just exactly. sending money back to Oklahoma City for community things. But I so. think that's a great way that, the way you put it, particularly the way where his head's kind of at, um, and, and the way it seemed it has been the past couple of years. You know, so I, I yeah. I'm with you. I think that's a really good point. Well. Uh, Regardless, uh, Kevin Durant will not be playing basketball this year. He will be in a custom fit suit sitting on the bench, uh, maybe sitting on the bench. I don't even know, but he will be in his custom fit suit, um, which leads us to our first advertisement. So Kevin Durant may not be super confident right now, but you know who is? Guys who wear Indochino suits. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's one problem. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? They have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally, or you can take them yourself at home and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, 
the uncontested listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE, for any premium suit for just $369 and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. For a premium made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. All right, Taylor, so let's transition to some actual on-the-court basketball talk. Thank goodness. Uh, instead of... <laughs> instead of uh, playing a psychology major here. Uh, so the Sp- Sports Illustrated has been doing their top 100 players in the league list. Uh, they're doing it online, and they've been tweeting out the links. And as of right now, they're up to number 10. They haven't released 10 through 1. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So they have released 100 through number 11. Uh, spoiler alert, there's going to be no Thunder players in number 10 through 1, uh, so we don't have to worry about that. However, three current Thunder players are on the list, um, and then Russ came in at number 12. Uh, We can talk about that here in a little bit if we want. But the three that came in uh, for the Thunder in the SI's top 100, uh, Danilo Gallinari uh, was at number 50. Uh, Steven Adams was at number 40. And then Chris Paul was at number 21. Uh, So, Taylor, first off, I want to ask you, are there any players on the Thunder roster that you were surprised did not crack the top 100? Uh, and th- this is going to sound like so biased um, and, and so homerish, but because I know we're all drinking to Shea Gilgis Alexander Kool Aid right now, right? Um, we have convinced ourselves this kid is going to be the next, you know, fill in the blank. But uh, I am very, very high on him personally. And to see him not crack the top 100 after a pretty solid showing. And, you know, some of these younger guys that did, uh, it did kind of, uh, I, I found it a little interesting that he at least wasn't in the 90s or maybe the 80s, you know? Um, that's one that kind of yeah, stood I'm out to you. me off the top of my head. But uh, it's certainly not something I'm going to write an angry letter to SI about, you know? Like, I, I, it's understandable. Um, I, I will say this, though, about the list. It came from Rob Mahoney of Sports Illustrated, who has some of the most incredible um, sports pieces I've ever read. I mean, he's an incredible uh, follower yeah, on Twitter good. and a great, great writer. Um, and, and so it kind of surprised me going through this list. Like, there were just some really – it just felt a little scattered. And, like, he even has a a couple – like, a, some blurbs in here talking about, like, how there's no, um, no necessarily, like, criteria – to, to rank these players it was just like taking these players in a vacuum and then trying to rank them uh yeah i know this was his first year of doing it without uh ben Golliver, who, who moved over to the washington post i believe yeah washington post um so i that has to make it super hard and i know that i personally like throughout a top 100 players list it would get criticized to shreds so i'm not like criticizing uh criticizing rob here but it just it felt a little scattered i don't know yeah i agree like um I also thought Shea would crack um, the top 100. Uh, I thought he would be, like, between, like, number, like, 100 and, like, 93 or something. Um, considering, like, I don't know. I Again, it's hard whenever he says there's really no criteria because you've got guys like, um, uh, I don't know, like a Brandon Ingram who's, like, in the exactly. high 80s. right. You've Jeff got – um, above yeah. guys like – Bam out of bio and you know like I don't know it's just it kind of feels like it's all over the place right um, and, and it's it's hard to 
to kind of figure out like where these guys are and why they're in those places. Like um, Montrez Harrell at 77. That seems extremely low for a guy who was considered to be uh, the yeah. sixth man of the year. And, it and all- then like Darian Fox is good, but he's Very. number 33 on this list, which just seems high. like, like Josh crazy, Richardson crazy at high. 71 and De'Aaron Fox at in the 30s. That's a 40-player yeah. gap between those two. Yeah. So it's just it's kind yeah. of all over the place. Um, so besides Shea, anybody else that you thought should have cracked the list that didn't? Um, if you honestly, say homie to be I yeah. swear to God I'm going to cut your <laughs> neck. Hummy, hummy, hummy. Uh, no. Not really. I mean, I think that's right. I do think Shea cracks this list next year. I agree. Oh, uh, Schroeder. Sorry. That was the other one I was trying to think of. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could could see Schroeder getting... Towards the bottom uh, of that list. Yeah. Uh, So so that's fascinating. He had a solid season last year, you know? Uh, But then there's, like, again, uh, just the way some of this is laid out is is just interesting to me. So it's... I think it's hard to make a top 100 list... Um, of all players in the league because players just hold different value based on what they do. Um, exactly. You, you have to have like a set criteria yeah. and then say, this is the criteria. We put this into a system. This is what our system spat out. And this is what it is um, based off the criteria we typed into our you know spreadsheets and whatnot. Yeah. Like, okay, I respect that. But so this like, is just kind of like, this is my personal opinion. I'm just throwing out players because yeah. I forgot to mention them earlier. So let, let's go with, like, big men, for example. Steven Adams came in at number 40. Okay. All right? Um, he is ahead of uh, Kevin Love, Mark Saul, Paul Millsap. Um, he's ahead of Nikola Vucevic. He's ahead of Miles Turner. He's yeah. ahead of uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Um, he is ahead of John Collins. He he's ahead of like all Derek Favors, like all Clint Capella. He's sixteen numbers higher than Clint Capella, right? So Goodness. that that's interesting, right? Like extremely. I we've, think we've some had of this those plenty of times on our podcast yeah, about. I think uh, some top of those you could, you could argue that those guys are maybe like a Miles Turner is maybe a little bit better than Steven Adams, right? V- Vucevic. Um, Vucevic. Uh, I know Aaron Gordon's not a center, but Aaron Gordon. Right. Um, but then. Um, Andre Drummond is two spots higher than Steven Adams, which I just think is kind of absurd. I think, right. I think Andre Drummond is like a middle-class man, Steven Adams. I think Steven Adams is a much better player than Andre Drummond, um, both probably offensively, defensively, and basketball IQ. I'd put both Steven and Capella above uh, Andre Drummond right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, Sorry, Pistons um, fans. <laughs> it's, it's just it's interesting um, just when you look at positionally, like, like we said, like, I, I think Steven is, is way better than Drummond, but I wouldn't be mad if someone put Miles Turner's Miles Turner ahead right. of Steven, right. but that's not how they have it laid out. And so it just, it makes it interesting. It, does. it makes he, it really interesting. He certainly valued Steven higher than he did some other centers, which was nice because, uh, he doesn't often get the praise that, that, uh, I feel like he sometimes deserves. Um, Al Horford at 18. Horford at eighteen, yeah, yeah. That's Gobert at fourteen. I mean, I'd put Gobert, Cat at thirteen. You know, like some of these make sense, but it's just like some of them are are so over the place. I don't know. Right. Um, okay, so Chris Paul at number twenty one. 
there's been a lot. We, I mean, we've talked at nauseum about Chris Paul on this podcast. Um, so yeah, at 21, uh, too high, too low. Uh, what are your thoughts on Chris Paul there? I, that one's actually extremely tough. Um, I don't envy him having to rank Chris Paul on this list at all. I think that's probably pretty fair, although I could see him being a little higher. Um, and, and it's just so Okay, so, hard. so so let's do a little exercise me, right me here. Me defending Chris Paul, but okay. Yeah, let's do an exercise here. I'm going to list you all the players ahead of Chris Paul on this list. Okay. And you just tell me. Um, yes or no? Yes or no. Gotcha. Yes or no. Yes is uh, that player should be ahead of Chris Paul. No is that player should not be ahead of Chris Paul. That's a, I love okay. it. Good idea. Okay. So right ahead of Chris Paul, Kemba Walker. Yes or no? <laughs> I know we're starting off on a hard one. Goodness. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no right now. I okay. Think. <laughs> Blake Griffin. Yes or no? Should he be ahead of Chris Paul? Yes. All right. Uh, Al Horford. Yes or no ahead of Chris Paul? I'm going to say no on that one. Draymond Green ahead of Chris Paul. Yes or no? Another one right there, but I'm going to say yes. It's probably fair to give him a slight nod. Okay. LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, I'm going to no on that one. Okay. Kyrie Irving? Yes. That seems low for Kyrie, by the way. Rudy Gobert? Yes. I'd put him above CP3, I guess, in terms of overall production. Carl Towns? Oh. I mean, in terms of potential, you put him above there, but from what he's done so far, no. Again, it's the criteria thing. Exactly. Exactly. I think the last two you're going to say yes. Russ, right, Jimmy right, Butler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but you said no on three of those guys. So you bumped right? them up three spots, and I think 18 is very fair for Chris Paul. Yeah. So it's so like for example, here's a here's something that's highlighted um, from his little blurb that I found extremely interesting. Um, obviously, he doesn't move quite as quick as he used to. He obviously is kind of a shell of his former. Maybe a shell isn't the right term there, but he's not quite as uh, as productive as he was in the past when he was healthy and in his prime. But he's still ranked third among all players in points created by assist. I mean, that's that's huge, especially for yeah. a point guard. And I think he's going to have a good season this year. I do, too. I, I really, really do. I think he is. Which might you ready for, uh, for a hottish take? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Dude, play your sounder first. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating. You tell me that motherfucker ain't hot. You're alive, motherfucker. Such a good sounder. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, Chris Paul is about to play alongside the best center he's ever played on with his and his career. Oh hell yeah, I love it. Is that a hot take? Uh, that's a hot take. We can take into consideration uh, DeAndre Jordan. What Tyson Chandler? Uh, he played with Tyson Danny back in New Orleans. Yeah. Tyson. That Tyson DeAndre. Yeah. And then um um, gosh dang it, and, uh, and then Clint. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Just saying, man. That's I think a he's little gonna be, spicy, but I like I it. I think he's going to be playing next to the best center that he's ever played with. I mean, Sam Presley might get so excited watching Chris Paul and Stephen Adams pick and rolls that he may just hold on to Chris Paul until he retires. <laughs> Stephen Adams, Chris Paul, pick and roll at the top of the key. You can't really go under the Chris Paul screen because he can pull up. And then you have Gallo in one corner. You Steve have Ferguson in another. Be shooting threes. You have Ferguson in the other <laughs> corner. You have Shea slashing. Adams rolling to the basket and Chris Paul with the ball in his hands. That's not going to be fun to try to stop. I'll tell you that for sure. Talk dirty to me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's mildly erotic. <laughs> Three quarters chub. <laughs> um, anything else on this on this SI list that you want to talk about? I mean, so we talked about Steven. Uh, transitioning into Steven. You know, um, 
I, I think he has him probably fairly assessed here at 40. Um, like you said, they, they have him uh, higher than a couple centers that we were kind of surprised about. And then still have him under like Rudy Gobert, which is probably fair at this point. Um, have him yeah. above, like, I just Bella. don't like the Andre Drummond one. He, I think he's so much better than Andre Drummond. I, right. Right. I'm with you. Um, but I, something interesting that uh, that Rob points out in his in his little blurb about Steven, uh, he is like near the top of the league in screen assists. And we take that into consideration of his 13.9 points per game and the fact that he's has been boxing out for Russell Westbrook almost his entire career. Like, have we really seen the full potential of Stephen Adams? I don't think we have. You know, it's going to be extremely interesting to see if he gets the green light to shoot outside a little more. Uh, we've seen him work on that in practice. And he, he looks yeah. decent, obviously, in practice. I think what's but more interesting about his green light is does he get the green rebounds. light just to just to gobble up rebounds? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Because Chris Paul, Chris Paul is not nearly the level of a rebounder Russell Westbrook was, and he doesn't have the intention to be the level of a rebounder Russell Westbrook was. Um, right. Gallinari is maybe a tad bit better than, than Jeremy Grant was. Um, but Still not I, a huge rebounding power forward, yeah, though, so that's a good like, point. I think if... If the Thunder came out and told Steven Adams at the beginning of the season, hey, your job is to expand your offensive game, keep doing what you're doing defensively, and then just eat rebounds. We want you to just rebound everything that comes off the rim. We don't have hyper-athletic Russell Westbrook to go in there and sky for these rebounds and take them. It, you, you are our main rebounder. You are the guy that finishes defensive possessions, and you are the guy that keeps offensive possessions alive. We need Every time that ball comes off the rim, we need you to snatch it. I legitimately think uh, up into the trade deadline, um, Steven Adams in February, we could be looking at a 20 and, four, 20 and 14 guy. Yeah. Oh, we were like, I think back to that time last year, right? And we were, uh, there was a campaign for Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Steven Adams, all three, to make the All Star game. Yeah. It, Has Steven Adams me. ever had a 2020 game? Yeah. I think he's had two. That's just off the top of my head. But yes, I think he's at least, well, I say that. Goodness, are you searching it? I heard a keyboard. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to look it up. <laughs> okay. I wonder if he's ever had a. He's never had it, but here's maybe another hot take. Steven's gonna have his first 25-25 game. <sighs> that's up there. That's that's up there. It's gonna happen. I love if he does. Take that, it to the bank. Goodness, can you imagine a future of SGA, Steven Adams, and um, like Terrence Ferguson? You know, like building around those guys. Oh, I love it. That'd be huge. I so hey, you mentioned Gallo really quick before we move on. There's two things that stood out to me from his blurb that Rob mentioned. Um, even in understanding that Gallinari is a good shooter, it might come as a surprise that he ranked fifth, uh, which is 44.3% in three-point percentage last season. And then um, behind only uh, Giannis, Steph, and – wait, was that it? Holy crap, it was only Giannis and Steph who were more efficient than Gallo last season. That's and, impressive. I mean, that's – Yeah. That's big time. I hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, uh, he's. We've talked about it at nauseum, but he's he's a main cog of this team moving forward um, as far as production on the court until they get the pack, trade package they want, and then yep. uh, from there, it's uh, that that's a piece that can help kickstart the rebuild, and that's a piece once it gets traded. I think you lump whatever he nets you uh, into the Paul George Hall. Exactly. That's right. A great so point. the yeah, Paul George Hall is going to be Shea Gilgis Alexander, all of those picks and pick swaps, plus whatever you get for for Danilo Gallinari. 
right? And that's and, quite a haul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think some teams are going to think that they are a Gallinari away from making that that push. I'm so and they're, they're going to be willing to, that to point, give up. I'm so excited you know, to talk those trades. I mean, it's it's going to uh, be a fun season in terms yeah. of podcasting. Um, last hot take. I'm just I'm on a roll tonight, dude. I, I, um, we need them. I'm, I'm, that, that's what the off season is for. I'm yeah. all about it. You, okay, you ready for this one? This one. This one's out there, okay? <laughs> Don't laugh at me. This okay, one's out there. Deal. Um, I think Denver's going to be really, really good this season. That's okay. not the hot take. <laughs> right. I was going to say, one of you guys, one of you assholes bet me that Denver was not going to be the one seed at the end of the regular season. So I'm all aboard the Denver yeah. train. <laughs> Den- Denver is going to be really good this season. And I think Denver is going to be really good. And at some point, they're going to tell themselves – a Danilo Gallinari on our team instead of a Paul aging Paul Millsap gives us enough offensive punch to to make that step and get to the conference finals and maybe the finals. And, and I bring think, him back, baby. So I'm talking about what Jeremy Grant. No, that's no to bring oh. uh bring Gallo back to Denver. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I thought you meant bring Grant back to OKC. I mean, yes. Yeah, bring Gallo back to Denver. <laughs> If they can talk themselves into it, now's the time to make the push. We already have enough youth. Uh, we need to get a veteran in here. M- maybe the Thunder end up with Michael Porter Jr. Oh. I'm just okay. saying it, that the none of that was hot, and like I, I was all not, bored on that until Michael Porter Jr. And oh, I would love every. I mean, for, shoot, I'm just I'm, you're gonna I'm like just a, saying, yeah. Maybe I, I, with the amount of picks that we got, throw a pick in there. Give right. them their pick back. They right. gave us the their pick for Jeremy Grant. Give them Gallo and their pick back for Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. And it, Swing with the, at the amount of picks that you got from Houston and uh, and the LA Clippers, yep. you can afford Just, some swings for the fences, right? And I think Michael yep. Porter, Porter Jr. is absolutely one of those. So sacrifice. I mean, it's it's worth sacrificing, either if you have to give up a pick, or if, if it's uh, like in substitution of a pick that Denver would be giving you. I'm all aboard. Yeah, that'd be. That'd be big time. Would you bet on it? Bet on it happening? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh, okay. I would not bet on it happening, but I absolutely I, I would. I'd do cartwheels in my living room if it happened. <laughs> All right. Well, well, speaking of bets, found a hundred dollars on a street. Would you pick it up or keep walking, Taylor? What are you doing? Oh, I'm picking it up. Absolutely, yeah. dude. I teach for a living. I'm picking that thing up. <laughs> Pick it up. Of course, you take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting, it's just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. And Lord help me, I hope none of our listeners uh, bet on the Texans winning that game this weekend. Uh, if you did, I'm so sorry. Did you know that you can bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. So if you go on there and you decide to like load 50 bucks on your account, just type in BLUEWIRE. They're going to make it 100 bucks. You can go ahead and, and start placing some bets for the NFL or wait a month and start betting on some, some Thunder games, some NBA games. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, 
you get paid. I cannot believe that Houston game, speaking of which, that was a crazy game. Yeah, apparently so. Uh, I did not watch it, but I saw the end of it. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, that was pretty insane. There were some pretty solid games to kick off week one of yeah. the NFL. Yeah, so. um, I guess. What game was it on Monday night that was supposed to be really, really good? It Was was it that Texans game? Saints-Houston, yep. Yep. Okay, okay. And then the second game was the, the Raiders game. Yeah, right? Ra- Raiders-Broncos and Josh Jacobs, a Tulsa native, by the way, just absolutely – Scorched earth. He, he's the, the kid that played at Alabama. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He okay. so it was super interesting story. Like, long story short, kind of had it rough growing up. Uh, ended up moving to Tulsa for maybe middle school, but definitely high school. Uh, didn't have a whole lot of offers until like towards the very end of his like uh, his senior season of football, and then he started getting offers. Alabama picked up on it, offered him, and the rest is history. So it was a super right. cool story. Good for him, man. Good for him. Well. Taylor, I want to close out this podcast by talking about maybe the most important thing we could talk about. Uh, multiple Woj bombs <laughs> dropped about this. Um, my my headline for it is just headband bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and that is so the end Woj- of the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Untested. <laughs> <laughs> so the Woj tweet said, the NBA notified teams that it won't allow players to wear, quote, ninja-style headwear this season. NBA spokesperson Mike Bass tells ESPN. The headwear, quote, hasn't been through the league approval process. Teams have raised concerns regarding the safety and consistency of size and length. That's what she said. Woj, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woj then went on to say, the competition committee is discussing issues in meetings today. As Bass said, teams raised concern about size, length, and how they are tied, which requires a thorough review before consideration of any rule change. Among players who wore them, Jimmy Butler, Drew Holiday, Jarrett Allen. And Russell um, Westbrook during the offseason, he was getting ready to wear them. We almost got Ninja Turtle Russ, and the NBA is depriving us of getting our, yep. our the, finally Raphael Russ. <laughs> so this quote just, this quote is incredible. Let me read it again. Yeah. They are in meeting today and have concerns about, quote, how they are tied, which requires a thorough review before consideration of a rule change. Oh, how I, I just, they are tied requires a thorough review. I hope that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I hope Jimmy Butler comes out game one with like these long ass uh, headband tails that like go down like passes butt. And just has these like flaps flying around the entire game, and just pays like, fine. <laughs> this is just the stupidest thing, dude. Like it's ridiculous. Basically, the owners uh, and Nike, they a there's two things here. A um, the NBA teams, owners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, didn't feel like it was professional that it went well with the jersey. They didn't like it. Uh, it was a new trend. They're out. And then, because hashtag well, and and it makes sense that all the owners are like old white guys. I was gonna say hashtag old. Shout out to Eddie Rudosevich. And then two, Nike uh, wasn't able to profit off of it, right? So like they want to get their their or they want to get their headband on it or their uh, uh, logo on it, and so that way they can sell it. You know, um, sell it at team stores and right, right with the NBA logo, Dick Sporting Goods and. All so like I, I'm assuming, I, I guess what's going on is like Jimmy and those guys were going out and buying the tennis headbands because like I tried Google, I tried googling it a while back and just seeing like if you can just buy them and like 
you can only it, they're under like tennis. I mean, it's essentially okay. the tennis. And yeah, I mean, you see so, like, tennis players Nadal. wear all right. Exactly, exactly. So I, I'm assuming that's what they're doing. I could be wrong there, but I'm assuming that's what Jimmy and all those guys are doing. Yeah, just just the idea that it hasn't been through the approval process, and right. we need a thorough investigation before we decide if they're <laughs> tying it the right way. That's just such horseshit. It's it's such you know a whole that's bunch just of old coming up with an excuse seat. because we don't want them to wear the headbands. Like it's so stupid. Like if that's the case, th- this is the same thing. Like As back in the nineties, <laughs> yeah. Like the shooter sleeve, or whenever Jordan wasn't wearing team issued shoes and was wearing his own J's. And Jordan, and, sorry, or and Nike started paying for the uh, the fines, the fines yeah. and stuff. You know, like that's exactly what this is. It's just a new trend, and they don't like it, so they don't want it to happen. And it's like it's just stupid. Like focus your time on something more worthwhile than right. a freaking ninja style headwear band. Right. Right. Or, or a headband that ties in the back. I mean, it, and particularly when you take into consideration, you got guys in the NFL, shout out OBJ trying to wear a Rolex during a game. Like, okay, I get yeah. that. I get that. NBA like, players what, what's that. the, what's the safety concern? Is it, is the concern <laughs> that it falls off and someone steps and it on it and slips? You? then then let's talk about shooting sleeves let's talk about sweatbands on your head or on your wrist or on your forearm or let's talk about players standing up uh on the bench or players sitting on the baseline to stretch out during games those things are safety concerns too yeah but we're not bitching about any of that we're just bitching about a headband right you know it's it's just so stupid it's like the epitome the epitome of offseason and it's just yes. something else that I, in a in an era of player empowerment, it's something I guess the owners feel like they can. This might be a stretch. they're trying they're holding on to the last shred of, of or semblance of power that they have. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Like, how pissed off do you think Woj was that he had to write an article about this? <laughs> like, if you're Woj, thing, you're like the most like notorious, famous. Newsbreaker uh, in MB- the yeah NBA newsbreaker in the history of the sport yeah in right. all sports right like you know and then you're working at ESPN and it comes across your desk hey Woj slow summer you need to write about these ninja style headbands <laughs> like help it like you're no you give that to the intern right right I'm not writing that well, that's speak- stupid speaking of which my favorite tweet from all of this was Blake Griffin. I don't have it pulled up, so I'm not going to read it word for word, but he basically read that quote, and he was like, uh, imagine being the NBA employee today who had to write about um, length and consistency and something else. It was really, really funny. You guys need to go look it up. Blake's uh, Blake's pretty funny. Did you see? Oh, oh you, my God, I think that roast. That to yeah, and then Blake oh. on the, the Caitlyn Jenner roast. <laughs> he uh, <laughs> did not hold back. That was in. phenomenal. He went in on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Taylor, any lasting thoughts on headbands before we move on? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay, beautiful. All right, well, I'm going to bump us some outro music. Let's get out of here. Um, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't yet, we are, what, episode four? We're four episodes in on our season preview podcast. Uh, we've basically wrapped up all of the Eastern Conference, and we're on to the Western Conference now, save for the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics one got pushed back. Our Celtics guest lives in Florida uh, and is having some hurricane issues, so we didn't get to record with them. But they will be on this week, so we're excited about that. But besides that, we are fully on 
to the Western Conference now. So make sure you're subscribed to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts at and you get those preseason, uh, or not preseason, but preview podcasts. They've been awesome. We've had incredible guests and it's been a ton of fun. Uh, So subscribe to that. Also, if you haven't dropped us a five-star rating yet, uh, we would be very appreciative if you would do so. Uh, that helps our podcast move up the list when people search for like Thunder or NBA and people will see us quicker uh, the more ratings we have. And our ratings have actually been climbing um, and our, our ranking on iTunes has been climbing too, which is really exciting and really fun. Uh, so we appreciate those of you who have left a review. If you hadn't, haven't, it's super, super simple. Just go to your uh, iTunes podcast app and just click on our podcast and click full five stars. That's all you got to do. It's really easy. With that being said, um, follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. You can follow Taylor. He's at Taylor underscore P15. Myself, I'm at FenderMob405. That's all I think I got for you guys. Monday, the new episode five of the season preview is coming out. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, We'll be back talking more Thunder basketball with you guys late next week. Have a great weekend. Uh, Enjoy college and NFL football. Uh, you can't really enjoy FIBA anymore because the Americans lost. But yeah, no but kidding. we do have international listeners. So uh, those of you who are listening overseas, I hope your team is doing great and enjoy it. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. And as always, Thunder Up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.